0: Hello and welcome to One Real Good Thing, where we dive into one thing you can do today to propel your life in a healthy direction. I'm your host, Ellie Krieger. Is the way you talk to yourself bringing you down? Your internal dialogue can have a profound impact on your well-being. In this episode, psychologist Rachel Goldman helps us tap into our self-talk, recognize negative patterns, and take steps to flip the script for the better. Dr. Rachel Goldman is a licensed psychologist, speaker, and consultant who takes a holistic approach to health. She specializes in the mind-body connection, including stress reduction, disordered eating behaviors, and health behavior change. She is also Clinical Assistant Professor in the Department of Psychiatry at NYU Grossman School of Medicine, and she has a private practice in New York City. She is often seen in the media, including a recent conversation with Oprah, and was a consultant for the film The Whale. Dr. Rachel Goldman, thank you so much for being here. I love your One Real Good Thing. This One Real Good Thing actually has been profoundly impactful on my personal wellness journey, um, and that is listen to your self-talk. So we're going to really dig into that, and I can't imagine anyone better to do that with than you. Um, But So why don't you start off really by telling us a little bit about the work that you do, because it's really just remarkable work.
1: Oh, thank you so much. And I'm so excited to be here with you today to be talking about our self talk, because it really matters so much, right? The thoughts that we have and what we're telling ourselves. Um, and that, you know, plays perfectly into the work that I do. Since I'm a licensed psychologist, Um, I'm a clinical psychologist here in New York City. I'm also a speaker and do a lot of corporate wellness, but I really specialize in what's called cognitive behavioral therapy, and a lot of people might know that as CBT, and what that is is a type of therapy, but the basic kind of theory behind it is that our thoughts, emotions, and behaviors are all linked. So literally what I like to say is one thought can literally change the course of our day, and the reason for that is because our thought impacts how we feel. And then that impacts what we do or our behavior or action. So one thing really leads to another and it's all related. So we have to be super mindful with what we tell ourselves because we are listening. It's
0: so interesting. And I I don't know if many people are even really tapped into that in the first place. So do you think there's an awareness of people's inner voices and what's happening
1: I think there's more talk about it now, right? Thanks to social media, we're able to get more information out there. Um, So I think people understand that it's important to be kind to ourselves and to listen to what we have to say and what we're thinking. But I don't think that enough people or or many people are understanding the relationship in terms of our thoughts, emotions, and behaviors and how much one thought can really impact how we feel and the course of our day. So our thoughts really can impact our mental and emotional wellness in a, in a huge way. And that I don't think people particularly understand until they become more mindful of their words and they're like, oh, wow, if I think that differently, if I say that differently to myself, it feels different.
0: Right. So can you give us an example of that? Like how that might play out and what are some common
1: sort of thoughts that are
0: putting us in a more negative place?
1: Absolutely. So, something I like to use as an example is: imagine you're waking up first thing in the morning, and you have a negative thought, right? So maybe it's, um, let's let's think what could it be? I'm I hate Monday, right? <laughs> no. Okay, great. I hate Mondays. Um, so right away, if we think I hate Monday. And I'm going to use you, you, use you as an example. Because I do hate Monday, by the way. So, and I so try great. so hard to get out of this. <laughs> so I love that you're using that as an example because I think it, it makes it more real. Um, so I hate Monday. How does that statement make you feel?
0: Like How bitter, do you feel when you- bitter yeah. about waking up and just sort of like setting up myself to have just sort of a dark day
1: you just said it, right? You're feeling bitter about it. You're already setting yourself up to have a dark day. So you pretty much just told your brain, I hate Monday because Monday is going to suck pretty much, right? Like Monday suck. So now let's think for a, mo- for a moment, if that was the thought, that was the feeling, then how are you going to act that day?
0: Right. I will I will trudge through the entire day. And if anyone, and this is actually true, if anyone says happy Monday to me, I kind of just grunt at them. <laughs> right. But, but I realize this. So I am listening to myself talk in this. I realize Amazing. this. So, and um, so this is my little therapy session. I'm so I don't mean to make it as such, but it's just an example. I, I do think what helps me kind of get out of that, and I really haven't been entirely successful so far, is that I do feel grateful for every day. I genuinely, genuinely do. So I try to, and for all of the things that get me out of bed, like my legs work and my heart works and I'm breathing and I'm in a safe place and all of the things that I really tap into those feelings of gratitude. And that always kind of pushes me out of it.
1: I I love that you said that. And this is not a mini therapy session, but- (laughs) It's good to use these real life examples to help people understand what we're talking about and the impact that, can, that it can have. So with what you just said, my question to you is, the next Monday, what if instead of starting your day with the thought, I hate Mondays, instead starting the day with what you said, that I'm grateful for my body, I'm grateful for my legs, that lets me do this, or identify one thing that you're grateful for, or that I'm grateful to have this day, Because even with me just saying that, how does that make you feel? What's the tone there? How do you feel when we say that? Calmer and and more at ease. Exactly. So see all we did, which actually this one, we did change kind of the whole statement. We completely changed it. So obviously that's going to change how we feel and our behaviors. But we could even go back to the I hate Monday example And I think it's important that people understand this because we don't have to change the whole statement to make it work for us. It can be tweaking one word or tweaking a little bit. And sometimes that seems a little more realistic than having to think, oh, super positive and something that you maybe don't really believe yet. So even if we just tweak, I hate Monday to be like, I don't like Mondays, but I'm going to try my best. You know, like once again, we tweaked it to a point that we're being realistic because that's very important, but it has a different feel to it now. I'm trying my best. Feels more like I'm in control. I have control of the situation. Maybe it is going to lead to feeling calmer, more at ease, or maybe even I'm going to try my best or, you know, like we can tweak a little bit and we really do feel different.
0: And I like that it kind of makes space for the actual feeling of hating Mondays. Like it doesn't dismiss that that reality that I may actually feel like that, but it sort of allows me room to move in a different direction.
1: Exactly. And that's where the power of and can come in, right? I know I said but in that statement, but the power of and we can dislike. I don't I don't necessarily like the word hate, but we can dislike Mondays and we can also try our best knowing that Mondays are going to come and go regardless if we like them or not. So it's kind of like, what other option do we have? We either accept that it's Monday and we change the way we think about it, or we tell ourselves we hate Monday and we're kind of miserable on Monday.
0: Right. So you can kind of change the course of your day. And then that can, so that's one example of like one day of the week. But I, I think I would love to move this conversation a little bit into one of your specialties, which is, weight management, eating disorder, disordered eating behaviors, eating behaviors in general. How does this play out? How are you seeing this self-talk play out in that realm in terms of how we treat
1: our bodies? Great question. So I have lots of examples I could use. Um, You know, something that I often hear a lot is like, I'm never going to lose weight right? If, if somebody has been really trying to get on a health journey or trying to lose weight. And once again, w- what we're telling ourselves, we eventually believe, right? And we're going to then act in that way. So I think it's important to be mindful of that as well. But also if we tell ourselves things like, and I'm going to go back to that word hate again, if we tell ourselves, I hate my body, right? That also doesn't feel good. So, and going back to that word and again, I often remind people, we don't have to love every inch of our body. We don't have to. It's probably not realistic, right? If we think about it, there's not much in life that is so all or nothing. So why should we have to fully love our bodies every day, every moment of every day and every inch of it? Not realistic, not helpful. But maybe we can accept where we are today and also accept that we're trying to make changes to get to be in a different place. And I think that's really important. And a lot of my clients, I work with them on this, that it's a journey, right? It's not necessarily a destination. Like we don't, you know, we might hear it all the time. Like I'm going to wait to do X, Y, Z until I lose X amount of weight. But no, right? Like if we wait, We're not living in the now, and why wait to be happy? So we're on a journey, and it's about what we tell ourselves about that journey. It's okay that we wake up feeling yucky sometimes. It's also okay that we don't love our bodies completely every day. That would not be normal. So I think accepting that this is a journey and taking responsibility, you know, about if you want to change something, then changes probably have to happen as well. But accepting that, and it's not just going to be one day, boom, I love my body, or boom, I'm completely in a different place. It takes time. And many times people look back and they're like, oh, like I don't know what changed, but all of a sudden I'm feeling better. I have more energy. I'm, you know, I'm able to do these things that I wasn't able to do before. And that's about being on that journey and accepting it.
0: And that journey is so much in your mind of that voice in your head telling you things minute. We talk to ourselves all the time, right? So it's happening all the time. So for example, like, I mean, so I genuinely love my body, but I also don't like it all the time. So I get that totally. So I look in the mirror and I actually have this kind of rule of thumb and I taught my daughter this too. Uh If you... If you look at yourself or say something, anything bad about yourself, I hate my legs, I hate my thighs or something, then you have to counter it with three things you like. But I love I really, that. But I really like my eyes and I'm really glad my legs work and, and they can walk and run and do the things that they need to do to get me around. And I really like my skin or whatever it may be right. so that you're flipping to a more positive place. And it doesn't mean I have to like my thighs. Right.
1: And, and I, and I'm going to take that one step further even, and that's with, I, I love that you focus on the function of certain body parts, because what I tend to tell people is if you're going to say something negative about your body to try to switch that, flip that switch and instead identify some, the function of it, right? So I love my legs because I'm, it, it allows me to run. I love my body because it allowed me to birth a child, you know, all of those things. So we don't have to say necessarily I love or hate, but we can appreciate our bodies for what they are doing for us and what they've done for us. And that I think is getting even to a whole new level of body acceptance, right? It doesn't need to be body body positivity. It's really more about body neutrality and taking the focus off the appearance of our bodies and putting more focus on the function of our bodies. And I think that once people can get really to that stage, I think is huge.
0: Yeah, it really is. And it's really about how your body serves you every day, every minute. And it's it's a miracle. It's yeah, a miracle. Right? Like you are a miracle, right? Every single one of us. And so, so we can true. really kind of capture that, you know, regardless of what we're seeing in the mirror and how we're responding to that. But where to is this sort of negative self talk in some way a plague of our society? Like what's going on that leads us to. To think these things, to look in the mirror and say what we don't like, or to f- be so hard on ourselves. what what leads us down this path?
1: Yeah. so actually, it's it's messages, right? So we're talking about the messages and the words that we speak to ourselves. but we didn't talk about yet all of the messages that we hear all day, every day that we are internalizing, right? So there's messages literally being thrown in our brain. Every day from the day we're born. Right. And that could be from other individuals in our life that could be, you know, other people, but it could also be media. It could be, um, you know, anything that we hear and see. We are told, unfortunately, that we aren't good enough just from looking at, say, a magazine cover. Right. Or looking at a celebrity. Um, We are told that we should, and for everybody listening, I'm putting like air quotes in the in the air, um, that we should look a certain way. So it is completely normal and natural and makes sense why we are kind of putting ourselves down and trying to be something that we're not all the time because of these messages and the diet culture that's out there that we're constantly seeing and hearing. Now, yes, there's been a shift through the years, thankfully, um, but it's still there and we're still getting these messages. So it's important that we are aware of this and then that we counter it, right? So just as those words matter, we can also counter things in our head. So if somebody says something to us, ideally, hopefully, maybe we can speak up. But if we can't, we can at least counter it in our head and tell ourselves, actually, no. I am good enough the way that I am. Actually, I don't need to look that way. Actually, it doesn't matter what I'm, you know, it doesn't matter what you think I'm eating is right or wrong. You know, it's what I want to eat. And it can be really hard. And I hear this all the time from my clients. It can be really hard to counter those thoughts because we've been hearing them for so long. Our brain like has these images and these thoughts stamped in it in a way. And it takes work and I acknowledge that, but it takes work, but we can do it by taking small steps and tweaking these thoughts and kind of countering those things that we're hearing and telling ourselves. So maybe one of those
0: first steps is recognizing it and just hearing it and saying, whoa, that's not right for me, right? That's not serving me. Where does that come from? Absolutely. Recognizing it. And then step two would be figuring out okay, I have this feeling and and creating an end, like mm-hmm. you're saying. And then step three would be maybe being able to express it to the person.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I and I if think the first, yeah, I, I love that um, because the expressing part is really important that communicating and that can even be setting ourselves up with putting boundaries in place, right. Or setting certain limits, like, you know, my health I understand that you're concerned about my health but it is not helpful for you to comment on my food you know things like that um but it's important to acknowledge um you know that oftentimes we we need to take a step back and ask ourselves is this helpful so is the word that I'm speaking to myself helping me is it serving a good purpose is you know me being around this person helpful right and sometimes it's even putting boundaries in place, like, I want to limit my time with this person because they make me feel bad about myself about X, Y, Z. So, you know, I, I love that you said the first step is recognizing it and then kind of taking action and figuring out what is best for you as an individual.
0: Yeah. So that first step is your one real good thing. Listen to yourself talk. So just if everyone walks away today listening a little more closely to the kinds of thoughts that are going through their head and trying to recognize where that's coming from i think that's really huge and then it's huge yeah and um so it is really interesting we are constantly taught that we're not good enough because our entire economy is essentially based on it based on us wanting face creams that are going to lift our skin and fashion that's going to make us look a certain way and and that changes every year so we have to buy new things and I think we're in this constant churn of self-improvement in a way. And that's the wellness industry in a way that we're both in, I think in a positive way, trying to dispel those things. But so much of the wellness industry is telling you that you're not healthy enough, that you're not eating clean enough, that you're not perfect enough. Um, And I think from a chef and nutritionist point of view, it really prevents people from getting in the kitchen and cooking dinner because they, because they, they feel just like, okay, if I can't, get vegetables that are perfectly organic with dirt clicking on them from the farmer's market that I, that were picked yesterday, then what's the point? Right. And, and none of that is true. You know, so it's, we get, we get into these dialogues of perfection, I think that really hurt
1: us. It's it's so true. And I think we have to remind ourselves that we are good enough, right. And that those messages are messages to get us to buy things that maybe we don't need and then i often like you know to remind people with the example that you just gave about the vegetables is that something is better than nothing right so first of all who knows if or you probably know but like do we really need the most organic and cleanest vegetable you know and all those things but if we can't afford it if we don't have access to it then what alternative do we have i would much rather see and i know you would too and there's so many benefits just eating a vegetable. It doesn't matter if it's the cleanest, the most organic from whole foods, you know, all these different things. Um, It's, you know, just finding the vegetable and putting it in our mouth, right? There's going to be benefit to it. So I think we can take these messages and ask ourselves, how can I fit this into my life? And is it helping me? Maybe the answer is no, it's not helpful for me, it's actually harmful. Or maybe it's we take pieces of it, right? Like whenever people ask me, you know, oh, what's the best diet? First of all, I don't believe in quote diets, but it's the best one that works for you. And for many people, that's taking a little bit of this, taking a little bit of that and making something that works for you that's very individualized. And same thing goes with this, take the messages And take what works for you and leave what's not working for you. So if it's just the message, if you're just hearing the message, eat more vegetables, like great, go get more vegetables and fill your plate with veggies. But we can leave out the organic and clean and this and that and all those things. It's just having the access to what you have. Yeah, and leave out all the you.
0: qualifiers because any vegetable is a good vegetable. I'm exactly. gonna tell you that right even now.
1: frozen vegetables.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: Yeah. Pre-cut
0: whatever. Just go for it, whatever works in your life. Exactly. And and I completely agree with that. Um, one of the things I think is interesting is I noticed. So my daughter's 21 now, and as she was growing up, I noticed I had a friend who came up to her because she's a very beautiful young lady. She was always like a Stunning little girl. I mean, of course, I'm a mother. I think that, but (laughs) of course, but um, but people would tell her that. But one of my friends came up to her and said, Oh, my smart, clever girl, I haven't seen you in so long. And I was like, Thank you so much. Yes, because I really believe in not commenting on somebody's looks. There are so many other ways that we can. So this is getting away from the idea of self talk, but it's putting talk into the world and into the universe that's more positive and diverse and i think more helpful. so instead of when you see someone focusing on oh you look great or you're so beautiful how about it's so good to see you oh you always bring a smile to my face it look you know you seem so happy or whatever it may be.
1: yeah and i and i love that we're talking about that because you know words matter not just the words we're speaking to ourselves, but the words that we say to others, because we internalize them, we believe them, we hear them. And sometimes things can be well-intended, but not feel good, right? Or can come from a place of well-intention, but it doesn't, you know, it's harmful. So I, I absolutely agree with you. I do not comment on people's appearance in terms of, you know, body, weight, shape, size, Um, you know, and instead like to focus on, you know, other areas of their life. Or like you said, like, oh, you seem happier or, you know, love that sweater, things like that, because we don't know what anybody's going through. And I think this is so important. I kind of joke about the fact that I wish we had post-it notes on our foreheads telling the world what our struggles are, but we don't. So, you know, that's something to be mindful of, too, that if we say to somebody, oh, you look great, you lost weight, for instance. We don't know if that person was trying to lose weight. We don't know if that person was losing weight in a healthy way. But what we're doing by saying you look great, you've lost weight, is that we're reinforcing whatever they're doing to get there. And maybe it was unhealthy, maybe it was harmful, maybe they're ill, and maybe they're trying to gain weight. We have no idea. So unless you actually know what the person's going through, Um, Like I'll often say to my clients, if I know what they're doing to lose weight and they're trying to get healthy or trying to be on a health journey, that's different, right? Because I think it can also be motivating and inspiring when they do get that positive reinforcement when you know. But generally speaking, we don't know. So let's try to avoid those kinds of comments because we don't know if it's going to be a compliment. It could actually be really, really harmful.
0: Absolutely, that's such an important, important point. And I personally don't think, oh, you look so thin. I don't think that's a compliment. Oh, I mean, I've so actually, annoying. in my mind now, that is a loaded comment. That can mean a thousand different things and be potentially extremely damaging. Exactly. So, for for the points that you mentioned, so um, so that would be great if we could get away from that because words do matter. And circling back to this sense of the way we speak to ourselves, words matter. Um, listen to yourself, talk, tap into that. And I think you will make huge strides in your well-being just by doing that. So thank you for sharing that with us. Is there anything you would want to add to that? Um, as we wrap up?
1: I don't think so. I mean, I would love to just bring it back to, you know, my one thing, listen to yourself, talk and be mindful of it, you know, so don't, you know, there, there's sometimes like, listen, but we don't really hear, But listen and actually be mindful of what you're saying to yourself because it does matter and it's going to completely change the course of your day and how you feel if you can be a little more mindful of those words.
0: And then actually, one thing I love to say is, are you being kind to yourself? Right. So in that, maybe just approach it with a little more kindness and that could be the next step out of that trap.
1: I love that. Yes we have to show ourselves kindness. Absolutely.
0: Well, Dr. Rachel Goldman, thank you so much for being here. You're incredible. And I really appreciate your insights. And I know the listeners do as well. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. I hope you've come away with some tools to tune into your self-talk for the better. Join me next time for another one real good thing.